I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, I've been called a womanizer once or twice in my life. When? Um, I can't really recall. Because it's not true. It's not true. Well, I've been womanizing my mother-in-law for the last uh, 24 hours. She's in town. And uh, we spent the evening at Joe's Crab Shack. First of all, peace, love, and crabs for the rest of my life, honey. <laughs> you know, it's the Joe's first... Crab Shack used to be the rich restaurant that we could go to maybe once every five years. Oh, yeah, I was up there with Red Lobster, right? Yes. It was a big one. And years ago, when I was a, a freshman in college, I applied to a Joe's Crab Shack in Toledo, Ohio. Mm. And they said, no, you don't have enough experience. I said, experience for what? To empty the buckets of shells? Like, what, do, what does it take to work What kind of experience? Here? You well, grab it from the sea and you throw it on the plate. Call it, it a day. <laughs> it was an experience last night because the mother-in-law wanted one thing and one thing only. And that was crabs. And Well, honey, she didn't just go to West Hollywood for that. I know. Right? Tuesday night. <laughs> the night. Uh, so we drove down to Redondo Beach an hour away. For Joe's Crab Shack, we got there. We had a nice, lovely dinner by the ocean at 4 p.m. We were the only people in the entire restaurant. Oh, my God. Including the staff. There were no staff. (gasps) There was no bartender yet. The servers were on shift change, so nobody wanted to greet us. It was a whole experience. Oh, wow. $260 later. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you know what, though? It was, it, it was, it was delicious, though. I'm obsessed with Joe's Crab Shack. It was yummy. That sounds fun. I had a whole bucket of crab legs. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. She goes, oh, there it is. Yep, that's what I order every time. Oh. Said, when's the last time you were here, Miss Sharon? She goes, 2009. Not remembering the year also. The year and the item. She says it cost half as much back then. Oh, and I believe her. Uh, it turns out her husband doesn't like to go out for crab legs, so she waits till she goes to her two sons, because uh, she says we're, quote, so much fun, and we keep her cackling. Yeah. So she tells her friends. That's so cute. Well, she has a conversation in the back of the car while we drive an hour home. I'm just saying it was a blast. Great. I love it. I love it. her. She's so fantastic. She really is adorable. It's funny to watch the difference between how she and I interact and how my partner interacts with her because it's his mom. It's yeah. like when my mom comes here, I'm like, oh, my God, help me. And he's like, oh, I got this. Yes. It's easier when it's not your own mom. Same. I spent the weekend with Lisa's mom all weekend, and we, like, ate. She came to my show. Like, we were relaxing. When her and Lisa are hanging out, Lisa's like, shut up. Don't ask me anything right now. (laughs) Well, she made us watch Frasier when we got home last night, because that's her newfound love. Wholesome. So, there we are. Wholesome. How are you, new computer? I'm good, honey. I know. This is such a cute computer. Lisa, our anniversary is next weekend, but Lisa was like, um, I felt that you'd want something. And here's the thing about Lisa. Lisa gets me the best presents because they're things that I would literally never, never get for yourself. Yeah. Ever. For Christmas, she got me AirPods, and I was like, I don't want those. People look stupid. They look like they're talking to themselves. 
I'm obsessed. I can't live without them. I'm obsessed with my AirPods. I take them everywhere. Then this computer, I just do, I touch it and it turns on. I can talk to it. It has all of my stuff. I can text on it. Like, I, I'm a woman of 2022. I love how she's excited about this new technology that's been out for years now. I'm not a techie girl. Yeah. And so then she was like, listen, I've had some things that I needed to write. And she was like, I just want to give you a present early. And I thought it was perfume. So I was like, give it to me. And then she opened it and I was like, oh. Did you cry? Yeah, I did cry. Of course you did. I, I always you. cry. It's really cute. It's a MacBook Air. It's rose gold. It's adorable and perfectly suited for you. I know. I like it. So congrats. Thank you, honey. Uh, we have a great show coming up for you, though. Uh, I think we should just get right to it. It's time for news on the beat. Okay. Well, uh, Kelly, a Democrat in a Republican majority state, uh, has vetoed a bill aimed at making it easier for parents to challenge school materials they find objectionable. A type of legislation that has become popular among the far right this year. That's Lauren, sorry, Laura Kelly, governor of Kansas. Uh, They said, we all want a fair and safe place for our kids to play and compete, Kelly wrote in a veto message Friday. However, this bill didn't come from the experts at our schools, our athletes, or the Kansas State High School Activities Association. It came from politicians trying to score political points. She further cited the possibility of boycotts by businesses and the National Collegiate Athletic Association, uh, saying it would send a signal to prospective companies that Kansas is more focused on unnecessary and divisive legislation than strategic pro-growth lawmaking. Senate President Ty Masterson, a a Republican, pledged to try to override Kelly's veto when the legislator reconvenes next week. But when lawmakers passed the bill, they didn't have the two-thirds majority necessary for an override. An attempt at overriding the veto failed last year as well. Right, another news for parents in Ludlow, Massachusetts, are soon school district for policies that they say allow their children to die to identify as transgender. The parents have accused the schools of adopting the policies without following state law. Ludlow schools allow students to choose their own pronouns and names and ban teachers from outing kids to their parents without their permission. The lawsuit alleges that the district's trans-affirming policies aren't formally written down, violating state requirements and their due process rights under the state and U.S. constitutions. The suit states that in September 2019, sixth grade students in Paul R. Baird Middle School were asked to make videos in which they stated their gender identity and pronouns. The parents want the district to admit that their rights were violated to end the district's gender-affirming policies and to require school staff to out their trans kids to parents, even if the kids don't consent. So bizarre. All right, let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 77 in Dallas, 94 in La Quinta, 94 in Cathedral City, 63 in Atlanta, 76 in Houston, 93 in Palm Springs, 88 in Vegas, and 73 in L.A. Now give us a vibe of the day. Success is a journey, not a destination. The doing is often more important than the outcome. I love that. Mm. Do the work. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Could there be a shift happening amongst our young people? This is really fascinating to me. Gen Z is social distancing from social media. Mm. Now, Zoomers are known for being glued to their phones, but some 20-somethings are taking a stand against all-consuming apps such as TikTok and Instagram, calling them toxic and obsessive. These young people say they're uh, regaining control of their time by stepping away from the scroll. And the anti, uh, anti-app anti wave seems to be catching on. New research reveals that Instagram is losing its grip on the next generation. According to a recent survey, 
this was done by investment bank Piper Sandler. Only 22% of respondents between the ages of 7 and 22 named Instagram as their favorite app. That's down 9% from just two years ago. The numbers are reversing, and less and less people are, are, or more and more people are starting to speak up on the negative impacts of Instagram and TikTok and others. You know, uh, Will Smith's son, Jaden, had talked about this recently, and he kind of got some blowback, but he said, basically, like, I'm glad I was raised amongst adults. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I have conversations about, like, climate change and, and political, like, leanings of the world and what's going on with our society as a whole as opposed to just watching people do dance trends on tiktok i get it but it's also interesting one of the people they interviewed in this said that listen i, I get that it's not good for me my mental health suffers because of it but i make money and it helps yeah. my career and i could not relate to something more yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I will always have so much love for TikTok because I think at the time that it came in my life, I literally, my grandma passed in 2020, and then I got a call from our friend John Domenico, who's a Trump impersonator, and he said, listen, come be my Melania. Let's go on TikTok. And I was like, no, not happening. And then literally, it was the one thing, and I don't believe that you should always have a distraction, but for me, I needed it. We were yeah. discussing uh, Trump, Black Lives Matter, early at 5 a.m. But it was also like a month, two, three, four of pandemic. Yeah, Terrifying. it was awful. So it was such a good distraction for me to just be able to, like on the weekends, write out material, be funny, do things that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and that was a really... That was important for me. When I started going to like get help and going back to therapy, I've learned so much now. Like I, I, I love it. I loved what TikTok brought me and I love social media and I love connecting. Um, but I had to take a break too. Like I just really needed to focus on myself. So it's there. It's always there. But um, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, we had a conversation this weekend. My partner and I said, listen, how do we... We have a lot of meetings right now and a lot of opportunities right now. And how do we capitalize on those? We work in Hollywood. You know the game. It's not easy. Yeah. And one of the first questions is always, what's your social following like? Yeah. And it's so, like, why does that matter? I've got a 10-year resume, but you want to know what my social following is. So we've been so resistant. And we've made, listen, we both make money off our social media and we're blessed. But we could take it to a totally different level. My numbers on Instagram have been the same for the last two years. They've not gone up. They've not gone down. They're exactly the same. Same for my TikTok. And I haven't done a TikTok. I post on Instagram maybe once a month now, if that. And there's a problem. Instagram is now, they hide your content unless you put reels up. It's Because all they want, crazy all they want is people to do reels so they can compete with TikTok, right? Instagram is owned by Facebook, which is Meta. Mark Zuckerberg, right? So we had a whole session and he's like, okay, I've got a presentation ready. We're going to learn how to do reels and TikTok. We did some TikToks when you were doing them. I did a few, and some of them did really well. Yeah. And it was exciting. And then all of a sudden, they didn't do well. And I was like, wait, this is terrible. I don't like this feeling. I don't want to do it anymore. And we just stopped. And there's got to be some sort of a balance because this younger generation, they're growing up knowing no world other than the world of social media. Well, and I also think, you know, some of my friends, and I had to have like a very real heart to heart with them, are, you know, bigger influencers. And I said, well, you know, I love that for you. Like, that's that's really great. And they said, you know, like, yeah, it is. But I also 
document like my whole life. Everything. And I remember last year I went to a dinner for a couple really big influencers and I thought we were having dinner. Like she had lost her mom. I lost my grandma. So I thought it was like going to be this thing. You're content collecting. Oh my God. It was so not even uncomfortable because I get the game. Sure. It was just exhausting. And I was like, I I couldn't live like this. I think it's obnoxious. When I get to a party, Mm -hmm. I want to just hug my friends. Then there was tables of sushi that nobody ate. Me and Lisa were standing there. We ate all the food. It was delicious. Of course. But they like didn't even eat the food. They just took photos of it. It just felt like for me, that's just not for me. Um, I'd rather go about it a different way. Because I feel like being an influencer, as much of the hype there is and as much money as you can make and the cool places you can go, I don't feel like there's always that really personal interaction. It is It is interesting. We're supposed to do an event this weekend uh, that we're working out the details for still. But if we go do it, some of our friends will be there as well. And it's interesting when we go do these events because we get hired by the company or by a, a, a PR firm or whoever that's representing the, the brand. And they hire us to come collect post three or four Instagram stories and a, and a, v, a video on our hard feed, right? But it's weird because like these were our friends we're going to meet up with and every one of them, we're going, they're going to be in social media mode. Meaning we're not connecting. We're not having real conversations until we're done doing the work. Yeah. And if you look at it that way, I guess, I, sure. Yeah, you can go do your job. But I, I'm the same. I hate it. I hate. We showed up to a party one time, got invited to a pool party from this YouTuber. I'm like, okay, this is cool. It's really neat. He's got a fancy house. Can't wait to like connect and like get to know who this person is. We showed up. This is like three or four years ago. It was so humiliating. We showed up ready to like go to the pool and hang out. Turns out they'd built a ramp off the top of the house and they were flipping bikes off the ramp into the pool to make video, to make content for YouTube. And it was like a rager. And it was like a house, like these YouTubers rent houses. And it's like a mansion that had zero furniture. There was no food yeah, there. Yeah, it's just so weird. And they were just and there was a DJ on the rooftop and they were ramping bikes. And I was like, what on earth? And we stood there in the corner for like five minutes. We drove like an hour to go there. And we said, okay, this is not our vibe. Yeah. And we just left. Yeah. It's if odd. you're not connected to the social media world, I really have to say, don't think you're missing out. The personal interactions that people have daily, you're on the right track. There's have, no need for have it. Have you found yourself being grateful for the people who are posting Coachella content on like Monday and Tuesday? as opposed to all weekend long because it tells me some of my friends posted their stuff yesterday I'm like oh you were present the whole weekend yeah I, I like that well I didn't think about it but also the Coachella post didn't bother me at all like I, I feel like I'm grateful to be in a place where like I want them to be where they're at and I'm happy where I'm at so I didn't notice it but I also love that for them I'm happy that you were present at a place you paid a thousand dollars for a ticket that's exciting <laughs> <laughs> Morning B. B. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for our first round of What's Poppin' of the Morning. Michaela Gordon, what do you have for our listeners? Well, this is very interesting. Now, Viola Davis uh, is playing Michelle Obama. She's portraying her in The First Lady. But the depiction of Michelle Obama in Showtime series The First Lady turned heads on Sunday evening following the premiere Watchers apparently were confused over one scene in which Davis 56 is talking and her lips are 
excuse me, overly uh, pursed in an exaggerated way. The scene involves Davis as Michelle conversing with her husband, Barack. Fans scrambled to social media to tease the How to Get Away with Murder stars portrayal of the Chicago native. They set Viola Davis up by allowing her to keep her mouth that way throughout the filming. It's so cringy and distracting. Uh, another person said no one told Viola to reduce on whatever she was doing to her mouth. Uh, it looks like she is doing like a duck face, like fish lips. <laughs> and uh, people are taking a major issue with that. Listen, Michelle um, Obama is revered highly. And so I think people are trying to protect, but they also... Yeah, uh, but Michelle doesn't care about that. Her and Viola are friends. Viola's an Oscar-winning actress. Like, I'm sure... It, is this what we're focusing on? You think it's a big deal? I'm focusing on the fact that you call her Viola as opposed to Viola. Viola! Because Viola is an instrument and you're an artist. So and sorry, you probably I worked with violas. Yes, so you I, keep did, saying I Viola. did, I did, I did. Viola Davis. Um, I, yeah, they're friends. I think it's... Uh, it's a character choice. And she probably made that choice. And there is something about Michelle Obama and the way that she talks that is very specific. And I think she's trying to mimic that. I, it just seems a little... It, th- that screenshot we're looking at right now where she's making the duck lips is just weird. Yeah, it's weird. But I wouldn't say, like, cringy. She shouldn't be canceled. Uh, she did say that... Um she wanted to honor uh, Michelle to the best of her ability. That's what she tried to do, and uh, and and that's what she did. Okay, girl. I don't know. I look. I think that's really a risk that you take when you portray somebody. It's tough, especially when they're still alive. Well, not just alive. Very relevant still. Yeah. It's not like she's alive and ninety years old. She's but, alive and still like also Viola's age. Like. But you don't think Michelle saw this before they released it? Uh. Because I feel like I would. There's a sense of creative control that I'd want to see what's going out there before it went public. Probably. Especially if I was a former first lady. And if I didn't have a problem with it, nobody else should. That's true. Don't hmm. drag Viola, Viola, Viola. <laughs> Aeoli. Mayo. Okay. Okay. Coming up in our next hour, we have a writer joining us to discuss why not saying gay in his high school almost cost him his life and why it's important that we do. Coming up in the next hour. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. I want to remind you that coming up this hour, um, we've got the writer of a Huffington Post uh, uh, article coming on to join us. Uh, why? Just, just basically, the point of this is why not saying gay in school almost killed this person, uh, and what they want us to know about these anti-LGBTQ plus bills popping up everywhere. They have such a ripple effect on society, mm-hmm. um, and and we're going to see one of those ripples actually in news on the beat in just a moment. This couple uh, that was on a vacation with their children on an Amtrak train. Uh, Michaela has that for you. But it's just these reminders feel constant and unrelenting lately. Totally. You know, we're getting closer and closer to my own wedding. And I have a hard time sometimes just finding joy in that when I see the attacks on our community constantly. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in a relationship for 10 years and I'm in my 40s. and I'm like, I'm strong. And it affects me. So if it affects me, I guarantee you it's affecting our children, too. Mm-hmm. And that matters. Yeah. Um, but we're having that conversation uh, with that writer from the Huffington Post coming up in about 13 minutes. Right now, though, it is time for some super uplifting news on the beat. Michaela? Oi, vey. <laughs> what well, do you have? A gay couple who were riding the train with their six-year-old son and five-year-old daughter say they were verbally accosted by a man who accused them of being rapists and pedophiles who had stolen the children. Robbie Pierce and Neil Broverman say they were embarking on a vacation to Oakland, California from their Los Angeles home via Amtrak with their children, adorable. When the train stopped um, at a station in San Jose, a man sitting across the aisle turned his rage on the family. Pierce later documented his account of what happened. Pierce claimed the man began yelling, remember what I told you to the couple's six-year-old son. Oh my God. He then added, marriage is between a man and a woman. They stole you and they're pedophiles. Pierce and Broverman stood up to the man and told him to get away from their family but the man continued on his anti-gay rant capitalizing on the fact that their six-year-old son is black and their five-year-old foster daughter is asian let me tell you something mm. i don't care if you think you are so right and christian and republican and it's adam and eve and not adam and steve you never attack a five and six-year-old you never put them in that position you will never and i literally it infuriates me my niece is five years old mm. i can envision it <clears throat> so well she's so smart and if anybody you don't forget that kind of stuff as a little kid you're creating ptsd right well, then, then it also puts the parents like i would have a hard time if i just i imagine my partner and i who also happens to be black and our kids will be rainbow someday like i don't know what our kids will be or how we will you know they will come into our lives but we're open to every ethnicity why wouldn't we be right i can't imagine how difficult it would be for me to stay calm in that situation. Yeah. And if I lose it, that proves their point. And also, more importantly, would traumatize my children. Because to see your own dad or mom go off is also traumatizing at an age when you can't understand it. And it puts you in such an impossible situation to have to react to such ignorance and hatred. It breaks my heart. Yeah. It breaks my heart. And and, and and in some way, it makes me relate to what it must be like to be a person of color in this country, especially a black person, who is constantly under attack for the color of their skin, yet expected to always rise above. Yeah. Because if you have one negative reaction, you're an angry black man or an angry black woman. I would be an angry white man 
in a heartbeat yeah. if somebody attacked my children like this. Absolutely. It makes my blood boil. Yes. All right, another news after a federal judge in Florida struck down the Biden administration's mask mandate for airplanes and other public transport methods. Airlines are starting to act. Several U.S. airlines announced Monday that masks are now optional on their aircraft. Delta Airlines, American Airlines, United Airlines, Southwest Airlines, Alaska Airlines, and JetBlue. Let me tell you something, honey. So all the airlines. Uh, except for Spirit, and that's the one I thought would go first. Yeah, you yeah. I you would th- think that Spirit was the one that was like, wear maskless. I don't, I don't know if they've ever had you wear a mask, though. Maybe yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But can you imagine the one that's like the cheapest? They're like, you will wear your mask. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're going to charge you an extra $2 for yes. it on the plane, <laughs> along, with your, you, along with your water. A thousand percent. I will say, um, just for me, because I'm vaccinated, I had a fly this weekend, and I enjoy so much flying without a mask. It's I, I don't like to be at the airport with the mask. I, I don't like the mask really at all. So I think... No. I'm excited about it. I don't know what it looks like for everybody well, else. The funny thing is that airplanes are one of the safest, safest places you can be, actually, as far yeah. as air filtration. Now, the tricky part is the boarding and deplaning, but also being at the airport. That's where you got to be careful and just keep an eye. Once you're actually on the plane, there was a study done last year. They had like a 1 in 4,700 chance of contracting COVID if you're literally sitting next to somebody on a plane who has it and you have a mask off because the filtration is so good that the air is constantly being cleaned and recycled. Whereas that's not the case in most situations. So it's almost like being outdoors playing filtration systems are that good nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of uh, 73 in LA, 88 in Vegas, 93 in Palm Springs, 59 in San Francisco, 40 in Buffalo, 94 in Cathedral City, 77 in Dallas, and 57 in Boston. Now give us a vibe of the day. You sure it's not pronounced buffalo? Buffalo. Buffalo. It's buffalo. Success is a journey, not a destination. The doing is often more important than the outcome. I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to head out to the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa on Thursday, May 19th at 7 p.m. Uh, we've got something really fantastic happening for you. It's the second annual Divas in the Desert. We've got Taylor Dane performing Tell It to My Heart. We've also got Michaela Gordon performing music from her upcoming album, as well as Rosemary Galore and Friends performing all sorts of fun drag numbers throughout the night. It's all for a good cause. We're raising money for the Desert AIDS Project and the Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. Tickets are only 25 bucks. Uh, it's a good, good donation. You can get them at Ticketmaster.com. Just look up Divas in the Desert. Come join us. Wee oui, wee, oui, baby. All right, coming up, we have a writer joining us to discuss why not saying gay in his high school almost cost him his life and why it's so important to do now. Coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. With all these don't say gay bills popping up all over the country, I think that, you know, we're, we're missing part of the conversation. Part of the conversation for me is that in many of these places, we already don't say gay. We don't talk about it. We don't mm-hmm. address it. We act as if it doesn't happen in our small towns, and which is why I relate so deeply to this article in Huffington Post uh, written by somebody who grew up in the 90s in Wisconsin, in the Midwest. I'm from Ohio. Not that different. And these stories feel personal, and I think they're going to feel personal to many of our listeners as well, which is why we're so excited to have Noah Michelson joining us right now, the author of the article. Noah, thank you so much for being here. Um you talk about how you didn't say gay and how it almost cost you your life. Uh, so can you dive into that a bit and also express to our listeners why it's so important that we do not allow these bills to continue happening across the country, why we, why we address it? Hey, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. 
Um, I wrote the piece. It wasn't a super fun piece to write, I'll say. Uh, it's about my life growing up, like you said, in Wisconsin in the 90s. And um, we didn't say gay. It, you didn't hear about gay people. You definitely didn't hear about trans people. And because of that, I was a very gay kid. I was the kind of gay that I couldn't hide my gayness. I wasn't out, but everyone knew I was gay. So when I got to high school, I was immediately bullied um, and like you said, I think the story is the story that a lot of people have lived through. But my bullying was so bad that um, I started writing these letters to God. I literally would sit at my desk at night and write him and say, please make me straight. And when that didn't happen, I started to look for ways to kill myself because I just didn't think that I could be on this planet and be gay. The only examples I saw of people who were gay, they were either they were seen as villains, they were seen as sick, um, or they died. My mm. uncle died of AIDS in 1990, so I was 12 years old, and I watched him die. And so I knew my only future could be either basically like in an asylum or in a grave, mm. and I didn't want to live that way. No, that's just so vulnerable, and thank you for sharing that because I think your story is shared by so many um, what was a breaking point sort of that you were able to, to break away from the narrative that being gay was bad to sort of remove yourself from the bullying and sort of make this a more positive impact? I will say the one thing that I had going for me and that a lot of kids don't have is that my family was super supportive. They didn't know what was going on at school. I hid that from them. But when I got home, my brothers and my parents were so loving and so supportive. And I would say that that's the one thing that kept me on this planet. Um, and after that, it was really just about me deciding that I was going to try and get through it. You know, there's this organization, It Gets Better. And I really like that they exist. But I also think it sucks that the only option for so many queer kids is that we have to wait until it gets better. Mm -hmm. We have to suffer every single day through high school. And when you're being bullied, every day feels like an eternity. You can't wait four years to get to college or to move out of your small hometown. And so I really think we have to do better than it gets better. Just wait. Yeah. Um, and these, new these bills don't make it any better. It, they make it so much worse. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because it is an organization well-intended and my partner worked with them during the pandemic and part of the conversation that they've been having as an organization is like, it doesn't always get better actually. Like it's, it's great in theory, but it doesn't actually get better for everyone. And when you talk about writing letters to God, that really hit me because I used to do the exact same thing. I would write letters to mm. God. I would pray to God every single night. I grew up in a Catholic school, as did Michaela. And yep. and I just remember, I think we're about two years apart in age. I think you, you were born in 1978. I'm born in 1980. So there's a lot of similarities here, right? And yeah. I, I, just, I just remember, I remember going to high school. I write about this in my book, but I remember going to high school and the summer before, I decided I wasn't going to play football. I played football in junior high, and my mom really wanted me to play sports in high school. And in my mind, um, that meant showering in the locker rooms after practice. And mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing that because I was so afraid that maybe I would get turned on, and maybe yeah. somebody would notice. And all I kept picturing, and I remember being, you know, 13, 14 years old, and I would just picture like my bloody body on the floor of the shower dead because somebody was going to kill me or beat me to death. And that was, and my mom was mad because I wasn't playing sports. She didn't care. And I couldn't express to her why 
but she was mad I wasn't playing sports and tried to force me to play a sport. So (laughs) that's the reality of, you know, growing up queer as a child still to this day. Um, What do you think needs to be done? Like, how do we fix this? Because the tide is turning in in a wrong direction right now. There have been over 200 plus bills already introduced in 2022 alone across the country. Like, what needs to be done? Like, what, what, what needs to change? You know, I'm going to say it's not all bad news. I think that some of this is about optics. And I think that our enemies, the right-wing politicians, are really terrified because we have had success. We have had made progress in the last 30 years from when we were kids. Um, and I think, by and large, a lot of this country really does support us, but we don't see that. And the people who have the power are the ones who get to make the decisions. So what I think has to happen is that, number one, we need to tell our stories. We all need to talk about who we are, where we came from, what our lives were like, what they are like. Number two, we need to vote. Because if we don't have the power, then we don't get to decide what happens. And so it doesn't matter how many people support us or who are allies. If they aren't the ones who are making these decisions, none of it matters. Mm. Noah, thank you so much for joining us. You're so brave. Your story is so relatable. And thank you for using your platform to really help educate uh, our community and also the straight community, letting them know what kind of harm it brings. My pleasure. Thank you guys for doing this, too. And take care of yourself. Thank you. You You too. too. All right. Coming up, what being a cat lover says about you could it lead to you being a cheater. Find out coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, let's lighten things up a little bit. This Please. is something that I think we already knew, right? Uh, a survey has found that cheating wives 
are more likely to own a cat. Whoa. A whopping 22% of 1,400 unfaithful women said they owned a cat. Those little women mm. with their felines. Their feloins are going all over the place. Um, dogs are really a man's best friend because cat owners are nearly twice as likely to stray. That's, that's, a, that's a good headline. Crazy. Um, this is fascinating, and and it kind of dives into the conversation. What your favorite animal actually says about you? I love that we can't trust cat owners. I think that's amazing. I already am not really a big fan. <laughs> Our program director's like that is not true, and do not talk about my cats. Listen, only twelve percent of people who own dogs cheat. I mean, ten percent more. That's a big number. That's almost twice as many cat owners yeah. cheat females. Than dog owners. That, that tracks, though. I, I Cats are sneaky. Because here's the thing. I will say this. I don't care if our, our program director's listening. I hope he is. We need the ratings, right? It's good for us. Brian, turn this up. He loves cats. He lo- Oh, he loves cats. He thinks they're like little babies. don't trust cats. And I'm going to say it. Sorry, Brian. I don't trust cat owners. Because if you're the type that's into that little sneaky, conniving little the stuff that cats do, they're always watching. They're always ready to pounce. Mm-hmm. They're plotting your demise. Honestly, 24/7. my favorite video is watching cat videos and the way they like claw at their mom or dad. Like it can be like they're getting pet for one second. And if they don't like what's happening, <sighs> they'll smack you across the face. Totally. And in a way, I kind of respect that. Right. They, they know like, what they want. I don't know want. if I'm mad at that. My dog just lays there on his belly and looks at me with Takes a sad it. face. Yeah. And whatever he gets, he gets. Yeah. Cats. They know what they want and they're going to get it. They go after it. And if they don't, they're going to knock your entire kitchen table off. Well, they're predatory. I feel like they're, I don't know if they're more or less evolved, but they're predatory. They're like, cats in your home are no different than like a mountain lion in the wild. Yeah. Like they see it as like, it's sort of like the scene from The Lion King when Mufasa tells Simba that your kingdom is everything the light touches. Yes. That's how cats see the world. Yeah. If they can see it, it's theirs. <laughs> it's, I love it. <laughs> so, but what does your favorite animal say about you? Okay, so my favorite animals on the planet are dolphins and horses. Oh. I get it. Dolphins are mammals. Nobody dragged me. I was that smart kid and I was a tr- I was like, dolphins are mammals. They're not animals. Yeah, that's But dolphins. Tracks. A dolphin says about me, because I love dolphins, you're a social butterfly. Nope. You have a playful, easygoing personality, eh, sometimes, and there isn't anyone that you feel uncomfortable talking to or befriending. True. Strangers are always welcome into your circle. That's real. I'll talk to anybody. Anybody. Uh, the waiter, somebody on an elevator, people who don't want to talk to me, I'll have a conversation. <laughs> My other one, though, and this one's kind of interesting to me, and then I want to get to yours because yours is actually perfect. Mine are kind of 50-50. Mine's Not kind of, people that don't want to talk to me. No, it's usually people who don't want to talk to me. I, I want to be friends with everybody. And my partner's always like, why oh do you just... And, and here's the thing about me. I could be talking to a complete stranger, and I'll tell you my deepest, darkest secrets uh-huh. within 12 seconds. Uh-huh. I don't I don't hold a lot too close Tracks. to it. Like, I don't, right? Yeah. I host a podcast called, called Confess Your Mess. I yeah. tell every secret. All right, what's your horsey? The horse. Above all, you are very patient. Er, wrong. I'm not. I'm the least patient person yeah. I know. Uh, your friends think you're as as the strong, reliable one, and letting people down is not something you're okay with. I kind yeah, of like that. I, I think that's that. fair. And I do have a certain calm about me when I want to that gains the trust of others so people open up to me. If I'm in that headspace, you've seen it. It's yeah. there. I'm good. But also, I have a little chaotic sort of like emotional side to me too, which is like the other half. Stop judging me. You're looking. I'm not. I love you so much. So I was just thinking it's not your fault because your moon is in Scorpio. That's why you're like that. 
Yeah. Okay, but your favorite animal is a monkey. It's always been a monkey. Always, always. I've never veered. <laughs> and it says, you're goofy and never take things too seriously. Yep. Class clown describes you well, mm-hmm. but you're also good at showing off your intelligence. Ah. Not only do you love to entertain others, but everyone always seems to be entertained by you right back. No matter where you find yourself, you always make sure that you're having the time of your life. Honey. That's, I belong that's, to the monkeys. I feel like you wrote that one. I did. Like, I literally just could have. I'm a monkey man. Mm. I love it. Well, I want to know some of our listeners' favorite animals. Uh, yeah, I want to know. What is your favorite animal? This is on the Dodo, by the way. It's a website that's really kind of fun and has these like kind of silly little articles on there. Let's put up an Instagram. Let's put up an Instagram poll. Let's do a round, like a competition. Yeah. Or just ask people what their favorite yeah, animal is. Yeah, tell us what your favorite animal is. And then we'll let them know. What that says about them. Yeah, we I love gi- it. We shouldn't have given away the website. Now they can look it up on their own. No, you need us. You need us to be able to translate it for you. Because mm-hmm. we do it a lot more Go fun Go to your anyway. channel Q. Uh, the Instagram. Like, you know, how to do that. Yeah, thank you. All right, come- Good morning, B. Channel Q. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Name that movie. Nobody dirty dancing. Come on, such a night. One of the most iconic lines probably in the history of film. Totally. Everybody knows the line. But not everybody knows the star anymore. There's a reason why she's opening up about it. What do you have? What's popping? This is so crazy to me, this story and how it like completely took her out. Jennifer Grey did not have the time of her life after undergoing two nose jobs that left her unrecognizable. The Dirty Dancing star is releasing her deeply candid memoir, Out of the Corner, on May 3rd. The title references the film's famous line, Nobody puts baby in a corner. Mm. And Grey62 recently spoke to people about the 1987 flick and how she famously opted for a rhinoplasty after its release at the urging of her own mother. She loves me, loved me, always has, and she was pragmatic because she was saying, guess what, it's too hard to cast you. Make it easier for them. And then I did, and she was right. But after her second nose job, the self-proclaimed anti-rhinoplasty actress found herself at a premiere with Michael Douglas, who didn't even recognize her. Wow. That was the first time I had gone in public, and it became the thing, the idea of being completely invisible. From one day to the next, in the world's eyes, I was no longer a me and the weird thing was that the thing I resisted my whole life and the thing I was so upset with my mother for always telling me I should do was about my nose I really thought it was uh, capitulating capitulating mm. thank you finally I really, like caving in kind of yeah yeah her nose or her feelings because I could see both, both. Uh, I really thought it meant surrendering to the enemy camp I just thought I'm good enough I shouldn't have to do this um, and you know it's crazy because she was so beautiful before the nose job. I mean, she's beautiful after, but it was such a, a strong, striking nose. Yes. And um, I, I am surprised it completely took her out of her career, though. She's finally had a bit of a resurgence in recent years. She was on Dancing with the Stars a few years ago and kind of talked about this, and she just disappeared. Yeah. Like she was like just my gone. favorite for a minute, and then she was gone. And it's a good reminder that that thing, whatever your thing is that you think is going to hold you back. For me, it's my height and my queerness, right? And for a long time, I tried to like blend in and be more straight presenting or whatever. It doesn't work. It's usually that thing that it, that holds the key to like unleashing your power. Yeah. Like whatever that may be, it's that thing yeah. that you're usually teased about and embarrassed about. Yeah. And for her, it was her nose. 
And she should have kept it. Yeah. But maybe not. She never. Maybe she wouldn't have gotten to this point if she'd done that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, regret is a crazy thing, but um, I think it's this is also a very valuable lesson. Even uh, Bella Hadid came out and said she wished she would have never gotten rid of her ancestor's nose. Yeah. Totally rejected the nose job, wish she mm. never had it. So Interesting stuff. Yeah. All right. Coming up in our next hour, imagine having a map that shows LGBTQ businesses. Well, it exists, and we have the founder of this new LGBTQ map service joining us in the next hour. The Morning Beat. With AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. As the world sort of reopens and we all start traveling a bit more, uh, it poses all sorts of different opportunities uh, for us and sometimes some obstacles. And as a queer family, traveling can be a little bit more dicey, right? Where do you go? Where are your safe spaces? If there's not a rainbow flag in the window. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah. Right? Especially uh, on the heels of the story we heard of the couple on Amtrak who were called pedophiles and rapists for going on a trip with their children. Um, We're actually going to be joined by the founder uh, of a new uh, map called Everywhere is Queer, where they're mapping out queer safe spaces all over the world. It's a really, really cool idea, uh, and we're super excited to have the founder joining us in about 13 minutes. So stick around for that conversation. I love when people come up with solutions. I do too. When people feel like their community is being attacked. Yeah, they're being attacked. And what do you do about it? Well, you fix it. Yeah. You come up with a solution. And that's exactly what this person is. We're so honored to have them on the Morning Beat this hour. Right now, it's time for News on the Beat. Michaela, what do you have? All right, honey. Well, Governor Laura Kelly, a Democrat in the Republican majority state of Kansas, vetoed an anti-trans bill aimed at making it easier for parents to challenge school materials they find objectionable, a type of legislation that has become popular among the far right this year. We all want a fair and safe place for our kids to play and compete, Kelly wrote in a veto message Friday. However, this bill didn't come from the experts at our schools, our athletes, or the Kansas State High School Activities Association. It came from politicians trying to score political points. Senate President Ty Masterson, a Republican, pledged to try to override Kelly's veto when the legislator reconvenes next week. But when lawmakers passed the bill, they didn't have the two-thirds majority necessary for an override. An attempt at overriding the veto failed last year as well. Come on. Come on. All right, another news. Four parents in Ludlow, Massachusetts are suing the school district for policies that they say allowed their children to identify as transgender. The parents have accused the schools of adopting the policies without following state law. Ludlow schools allow students to choose their own pronouns and names and ban teachers from outing kids to their parents without their permission. Now, the lawsuit alleged that the district's trans-affirming policies aren't formally written down, violating state requirements and their due process rights under the state and U.S. constitutions. The suit states that in September 2019, sixth-grade students in Paul R. Baird Middle School were asked to make videos in which they stated their gender identity and pronouns. The parents want the district to admit that their rights were violated to end the district's gender-affirming policies and to require school staff to out their trans kids to parents, even if the kids do not consent. That is just awful. Um, If you missed a conversation uh, that we had last hour, I would recommend downloading our podcast at weirdchannelq.com. We discuss with a writer for the Huffington Post how it was for him in school with the don't not being able to say even the word gay, Mm. how bullied he was, how he felt so suicidal. Outing your kids without their permission is going to have long-term effects. And And also the pronoun conversation is so difficult for people to wrap their brains around. And even supporters, I talked to my sister about this a couple of weeks ago, and she's very supportive and loving of our community. And even she had a hard time understanding it and understanding why 
it's important that we are okay to talk about pronouns and to talk about the, you know, the word gay, which she fully supports, but even at the age of, you know, kindergarten, first, second, third grade, because it's, it's what people fail to understand is that we do talk about sexuality. We do talk about gender, but we only talk about it in the, under the context that there's two genders and heterosexuality is the, is the norm. That's what we teach our kids yeah. in kindergarten, first, second, third grade, and even before. Like we raise kids, the second they're born, we put them in a blue or a pink blanket, and then we tell them like, oh, this is the, these are the cartoons you're watching. Oh, you're gonna be boy crazy. You're gonna be like chasing girls, whatever it is. We just put that on them as, at a young age. So it's already happening. So all that we're as a community trying to ask for is let's let the ability to have conversations about all genders and sexualities. Totally. In a, in a, in a child-appropriate way. Yeah. Because we're already doing it to kids. Absolutely. All right, let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of 57 in Boston, 77 in Dallas, 95 in La Quinta, 43 in Cleveland, 60 in San Francisco, 84 in Miami, 93 in Palm Springs, 88 in Vegas, and 73 in L.A. Now give us a vibe of the day. Success is a journey, not a destination. The doing is often more important than the outcome. Amen. Here's what you need to do. You head over to Ticketmaster.com right now and purchase your tickets for Channel Q's second annual Divas in the Desert. Starring Taylor Dane, Michaela Gordon, Rosemary Galore, and friends. Live performances, live drag shows. It's all for a good cause. We're raising money for the Desert AIDS Project and the Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. When, you might ask? Well, I've got that for you as well. Thursday night, May 19th. 7 to 10 p.m. at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. It's going to be so much fun. Like I said, the money goes to a good cause. A great cause, I might say. Uh, so get your friends. Swing on out. Maybe you live in Palm Springs, Indian Wells, somewhere in the valley. Come on out to the Morongo. Or maybe you're heading into Palm Springs for the weekend. Yeah. Or maybe you're going to La Quinta Ooh, for the weekend. Have fun. Come in a day early. <laughs> Stop by the Morongo. Hang out with us for a couple hours. Watch some live shows. Go do a little gambling. Have a nice dinner and head on into Palm Springs for the weekend. Love to see it. All right, coming up, imagine having a map that shows LGBTQ businesses. Well, it exists, and we have the founder of this new LGBTQ map service coming up in seven minutes. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, so it's really easy to get discouraged, you know, uh, as a queer person. And to do the show every day, sometimes our stories are a bit down. Right, we hear the story earlier of the of the gay couple who had the children. Uh, one was adopted, one is a foster child. They were on an Amtrak train just the other day, uh, and they were called pedophiles. They were called rapists. They were accused of of kidnapping their children. Right, that's a reality that we all face as we travel. And summer's around the corner. COVID nineteen is sort of kind of uh, taking a backseat this year, and people are ready to go on vacations again for the first time. Yeah, but how do you know? That the places you're going to stop and visit, the restaurants you're going to go to, the shops you're going to shop in, how do you know they're safe? It's one thing to see like a rainbow flag of sorts of in course. a window, but if you don't see that, how do you know? Well, 
Somebody really special is doing something about it. Uh, their name is Charlie Sprinkman. They are the founder of Everywhere is Queer, uh, based out of Bend, Oregon. And Charlie is on the line with us right now. Charlie, how are you? Hi, Charlie. Doing really well. Beautiful day in Bend. Yes. Okay. yes. okay, Bend, Oregon. All yes. I know about Bend, Oregon, I think, is that there's a big... Is that where the big track competition is every year? Is it... Or that's Eugene. You know, I think that's Eugene, but I'm not even sure. I couldn't <laughs> tell you two things about sports. <laughs> I think it's the Prefontaine Classic. Uh, but I love Bend, Oregon. I think Nike's up there somewhere. There's something going up in Oregon. Um, but I want to know about Everywhere is Queer. What led to yeah. this idea and where are you at now in the process? Yeah. Um, so in 2019, I traveled all over the country um, for a previous job and went to 42 of the 50 states and kept Googling, you know, queer hangouts here, queer hangouts here. And I just couldn't find something. You know, there was an article from Vogue that was like, this uh, Pride Month support these, you know, LGBTQ-owned businesses. And, you know, so I kept Googling and Googling and I couldn't find anything. And then I went to Brave Trails, which is a queer leadership camp for youth uh, last summer. And just being in a space of 100 queer people was just so euphoric. And I was like, how can I build this more in our world for other people who don't have this opportunity to go to Brave Trails, something like Brave Trails. And so Everywhere is Queer came to mind. And I was like, let's start building this worldwide map of queer-owned businesses. And here we are, three three and a half months in. We have almost 700 businesses on the map Wow, um, all over the world. I mean, it's brilliant because I think as a community, we're like, yes, we want to help our community. And I want to go to only LGBTQ spots. But there's never really been something... That's so easy to follow. Yeah, as queer so, travelers, we do the same thing, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. like we want to, yeah. but we just don't know that it's available. Have you found that there's yeah. a lot more LGBTQ places than maybe one would think? Yeah, I mean, there are pins popping up all over the world. I mean, we have South Africa, we have Hong Kong, the UK popped off. Um, we have, you know, pins in rural America, which is what makes my little queer heart just so happy as one that did grow up in rural America. Mm. You know, I just think of people in rural America that are going to see these businesses and have a space to go that they can just see other queer people that I wish I had when I was young. I love that you just said, uh, Charlie just said, UK pops off. <laughs> yes, a lot of queer I love spaces it. There. Now, I know I was DMing you about this, Charlie, but I really, I, yeah. I really think that it would be really fascinating if people could submit uh, places for you, for you or your team or however you're kind of building this platform. Just consider this. People to submit yeah. queer spaces in their hometowns because, listen, my hometown has a couple little spots in Ohio that you wouldn't know unless you knew. Um, I went and visited yeah. a friend in Montana last year, and there's a queer-owned coffee shop and restaurant there that is one of the most incredible coffee shops I've ever been to in my life. So is, is there a plan to expand and to allow people to sort of give suggestions that maybe you could look into and add to to your map? Yeah, that's a great question. So right now, all nearly 700 businesses on the map have added themselves. Got it. You know, um, I do kind of want that like consent factor from the businesses yeah. who want to be on this platform. Um, there are sad people out there in this world. So I want it to be, you know, consented by the businesses. Um, feel free to, you know, send any businesses or DM us um, at Everywhere is Queer on Instagram. And I, I'm happy to reach out and let them know about our platform. And if they see fit, they can add themselves. Okay, so they can um, actually go to your yeah, website yeah. and add themselves that way. 
Yes. So any of the businesses, so everywhereisqueer.com, if you're not on social media or at everywhereisqueer Instagram, through the link through the link in our bio, which takes you to our link tree, you'll find the worldwide map, form to be on the map. And then we're also building out a job board um, for the queer-owned businesses on the map to add opportunities that they have. That's iconic. That's so cool. That's so great. It's so important that you do that. Uh, I'm going to forward this website yeah, to some people. Yeah. What's been your favorite place you. you've visited since using your own map? Yeah, I have to give a shout out to Samit um, in Portland, Oregon. Um, just two weeks ago, I did a little road trip with some queer folks from Bend over to Portland um, just to visit some of the queer owned businesses. But we ended up having like 40 people collectively come and all just support sandwich which is a sandwich shop in portland and uh this is what i'm so excited about is one community but two just bringing folks together at these spaces and just like creating magic creating community creating support you know it was such a beautiful day um by far one of my favorite days since we've launched i'm also glad that it's actually a sandwich shop can you imagine if sandwich was actually like an italian (laughs) bistro or something yeah how confusing that would be (laughs) well i think this is so fun it's really amazing charlie what you've done founder of Everywhere is Queer, talking about the importance of having a map that shows LGBTQ plus businesses. Do you have anything specific or fun coming up as we enter into Pride Month? Um, Yes. Um, Stay tuned. Um, We might be coming out with a beverage. That's all I'm going to say so far. Um, but follow Everywhere is Queer and stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. And yeah, that's so cool. And also, like she said, if you are a business who wants to get on this map, a lot of them in Southern California, Palm Springs area, across the country, we have listeners in every state, uh, everywhereisqueer.com. Go submit your business now. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. So great. Thanks, yeah. Charlie. Yeah, have a good day, y'all. B Morning B Channel Q. Moving back in with your parents <clears throat> as an adult. How about that? This one person shares. Uh, I moved back in with my mom and dad at age 45, and I have no plans to leave. Is that weird? Is it normal? You know, early in the pandemic, a lot of young adults returned home to live with their parents. Um, but this person's story is a little different. Uh, they said that they've been now there for about six and a half years since they moved home. So they were living on their own, uh, and it was a two-day drive away. They were in a 19-year relationship. It ended. Uh, And they were kind of detached from everyone. So moving home for them was a way to grieve um, and also a way to be closer to the parents who were getting a little bit older in age. I think it's interesting because during the pandemic, when so many people moved home, I was of two thoughts. One oh my God, I could never. Also, oh my God, I wish I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the amount of money that people were saving, getting some home-cooked meals, and living with mom and dad uh, could be enough to overcome just the stress of being under your parents' roof again. Yeah, it's listen to me. I just had this conversation with my friend yesterday. When my grandma passed away, 
Lisa and I left uh, L.A. to stay with her mom for a couple of weeks. And her mom made us breakfast, lunch, dinner. Her mom had this beautiful big pool. So I would do our morning show and then I would go outside and lay in the pool and uh, sob. But I like loved it. I felt so comfortable. And I kept telling Lisa, I'm done in L.A. I want to move back to Vegas. I want to have a baby. I want my life to be easy. I don't want to do this. And I was so adamant. And the only reason... And I did not move back home was because of this job and I could no longer do it remote. We got called into studio. We were covering BLM mm. and I was actually super resentful and super mad about that. Like I was like, yeah. I shouldn't have to be here. I should be able to work from home. It's also a hard city. Like this city is not for the faint of Yeah. Heart. And I was like struggling so deeply with the loss of my grandma that the last thing I wanted to do was anything for anybody else. And honestly, for the first time yesterday... I said out loud, I'm so grateful Mm. that it didn't work out the way that I thought it should have in my darkest hour because that's so not what I wanted. I just was tired, running out of resources, over it, and it ended up being the best thing for me. If I were to still live with Lisa's mom now and she was still doing all the things for me, I would have burned the house down. My mother-in-law, I love her dearly. She's been in our home for just over 24 hours. I'm like, I can handle another day. Just your parents are different. They're just a different generation. They have a lot of questions. Uh, they're confused by a lot more. Yeah. They don't understand technology. They don't understand your humor. It's just different, right? Especially if you're in a relationship. Yeah. There's a lot. There's some privacy that kind of goes away. But also, apparently, according to Pew Research Center, 31% of young adults between the ages of 25 and 29 live in multi-generational homes. Uh, over the age of 40, it's much more common for women to do so. Uh, but also the same study shows that those living in multi-generational households has quadrupled in the last 10 years from 7% to 26%. Wow. So a quarter of Americans now live in multi-generational homes, which sounds odd to Americans, but in any other part of the world, it's pretty but common. Also, I sort of do adore that. I won't have the for me to have the opportunity but I think that when you have children it does take such a village and yeah. to have multiple people in the home is helping it, you is it pretty common in Colombian culture Vanessa uh, in the Latino culture yeah it is common for your grandparents to yeah. live with you I didn't have that experience but my friends who are Latina well I was asking I, because I've seen Encanto yeah. and they all live together <laughs> well honestly that stereotype is sort of real yeah. no, it is. even yeah. in Italian culture we lived across the street from my grandma like and my grandma mm-hmm. was the main person but even like my aunts my uncles my uncle Dino lived in my grandma and papa's house until they both passed away yeah. my grandma because lived, he never married on my grandma lived two houses away and that was kind of the perfect blend for us. Yeah. We were close enough, but far enough. Yeah. Um, but like Asian culture, again, very, yeah. like in most cultures, seniors are revered for their life experience, their but knowledge. But it's so important to mm-hmm. do so. I mean, I feel like in America, we treat our elders like trash. Well, if you look at look the United States, look, look what happened at the beginning of COVID. <clears throat> COVID was running rampant in nursing homes. Yeah. So how did we address the situation as Americans? We said, oh, all right, let's close them all off. Yeah. Leave them in there. Yeah. Nobody can go visit. Yeah. And they have to stay. And it's kind of spreading. People are dying left and right. But it is what it is. I can't imagine that happening in other cultures. Listen, my grandma, thank God she passed when she did. I can't imagine her being in a home, me not being able to visit her. She'd be so scared. She would have been devastated. This is really interesting to me. So listen, if you're going to save some money, I wish, I wish I could save that money. 
I'm still paying off student loans and I'm 41. Mm-hmm. And I make good money. My partner makes good money and we rent an apartment that we pay $3,000 a month for. I, anybody in my family, nobody has mortgages that high. Just where I come from, nobody has mortgages that high and they own their homes. So I get it. Like, I, I don't feel bad about it. If I could move home and my mom wasn't, you know, a little bit crazy, I would do it. Yeah, totally. Love I you, Kath. Love you. All right, coming up, the sex tape that will just not go away. Kardashians seem annoyed during a jury selection. Find out exactly what was said and what's popping. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Don't wake me up in the middle of the night. Don't wake me up during my afternoon nap. Don't wake me up if I take a little nap during our show from time to okay. time. I need my sleep. I know that's right. It's the most relatable I love song. a nap. <laughs> it's time for what's popping. What do you have for us? All right. Well, as f- fabulous as the Kardashians are, and they're making such a huge—they never left. I don't want to say comeback. They're just reappearing on Hulu and are on every single billboard. Uh, apparently, uh, during a jury selection, it was talked about. I've watched Kim Kardashian sex tape, and I don't think I can be impartial on this case. Uh, no matter how far they've come, that sex tape is never going to, I think, leave her. And I think she's also accepted that. But could you imagine having something so vulnerable vulnerable come out 20 years ago? You've created an, ent- an entire life without this video. And they still can reference it at any point they want. No matter where they are. You know what makes it easier? A billion dollar industry, a billion dollar like company. So I, they're worth billions of dollars. Yeah. I understand this is hard. I think it's fake. I think that they, I think just like I think initially, I think Kris Jenner leaked it and I think Kim Kardashian was in on it and I'm okay with it. Yeah. If, if women felt like they had to do that to like get their, you know, get a step up in business, I'm for, I'm for it. I don't begrudge her that at all. I made sex tapes. They're fun. Right. I think that it leaking again before the second iteration of Kardashians comes out is really? just too convenient. Really? I think it's a page out of their own playbook. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. I think they're that. just trying to drum up more, more okay. eyeballs again for their new show on Hulu. Okay, I hear that. I really She's not hear ashamed that. about it. She's not worried about her kids finding out. They already know. Like, this, is, this has true. been dealt with for 20 years. Yeah. And they're just looking for a juicy storyline again and getting sympathy for Kim again. It's genius. It's genius. There, there's no there's no family on earth that can market themselves the way the Kardashians and the Jenners do. Isn't that wild? They just they they've actually You said a dynasty is what <laughs> they are. They're a dynasty and I, you might not like them and that does not matter. You can't argue with facts. They have single-handedly changed the entire way the whole world markets. Period. They've also they, changed the entire world of a generation of women. Yes. Because women did not talk about plastic surgery. Yes. Women did not talk about weaves. Women did not talk about all these things. They are. You want to talk about like patient zero? They're the original yeah. influencers. They started it. Look at the world now. Everything is about influence. It's crazy. Social media. All of it happened because of the Kardashians. Yeah. You can't take that away from them. So I think this is a ploy. Yeah. And I think they're laughing all the way to the bank. And I love it. I love it for them, too. All right, coming up in our final hour, hour, schools are at it again. And this time, it's all about math. Is math class indoctrinating our children? Should you be concerned? Well, it's racist. Yeah, math. it is. Yeah, mm. it is. Mm-hmm. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Hey, that's us. Hey, that's us, honey. AJ and Michaela. You know, I'd like to say something to you, AJ Gibsonian. Uh-oh. Um, I noticed, so everybody knows, like, we are best friends in real life. 
But I feel like we are like even deeper than best friends because we have successfully. Oh, I don't know if I want to say She's it now. Trying to have sex with Knock me again? On wood. Don't, do, Michaela. I don't want to sleep on with wood. you. Knock oh, on wood. I got it. I would like to say that waking up to you five days a week at five a.m. when See, no one she, wants she, to okay, talk to each wa- other and be friends. She doesn't wake up to me. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, like, kind of do. Just so we're clear. Listen, I really sometimes haven't talked to anybody, but you, when I walk in, very first thing in the morning, you whisper things into Lisa's ear before you leave. I, I know you do. I, and Rocco and Bruno. <laughs> sometimes we come with no coffee. We're talking about political matters, and we have successfully done three years of this together, yeah. and we've somehow gotten closer. Yes, we haven't murdered each other. I know it. However, you did say this yesterday, or the, a couple days ago. This is our friendship to a T. He left the parking lot last week, and I was following him, which doesn't always happen. So then I didn't want to go the way I always go, so I followed him all the way like to his house because I have to pass his house to get to my house. <laughs> so the next day I said, I was following you. He goes, yeah, I know. I almost slammed on my brakes because I thought it'd be funny <laughs> if you had to run into me. And then I started hysterically laughing, and I was like, Wait, why didn't you do that? That would have been so funny. And, and he's I like, was like, well, that's obviously insane. Yeah, but also we thought about it yeah. and how funny it would be. Like, how do you call your insurance? Sorry, my best friend thought it'd be a hilarious idea to slam on the uh-huh. brakes to teach me a lesson. She was riding my butt. She was too close. <laughs> I wanted to teach her a thing, but I was driving my uh, my fiance's Jaguar, so I thought maybe that wasn't the best call. And that's our friendship. But then we talked about story. it. And she's like, I kind of would have enjoyed it. It's I iconic. Would and I, we would have had a laugh. It would have made me laugh so hard that it would have been worth it. So basically, we're complete morons. <laughs> is what we've just shared with you, Amen. our listeners. We have a fantastic hour coming up for you. Um, math. Why it's is hard. math being banned in Texas? Not Texas. Florida, actually. Probably Texas, too. Um, because of critical race theory? What? Crazy. School textbooks are being banned left and right in the state of Florida. Uh, because Ron DeSantis doesn't want their students to learn about racism. Yeah, that makes sense. Math books. It's just a lot. We'll explain it in about 11 minutes from now. It's a lot to dig into. Trust me, it's a wild ride. You don't want to miss it. Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. All right, well, a gay couple who were riding the train with their six-year-old son and five-year-old daughter say they were verbally accosted by a man who accused them of being rapists and pedophiles who had stolen the children. Robbie Pierce and Neil Broverman say they were embarking on a vacation to Oakland, California from their Los Angeles home via Amtrak with their children. When the train stopped at a train station in San Jose, a man sitting across the aisle turned his rage on the family. Pierce later documented his account of what happened in a Twitter thread. Pierce claimed the man began yelling, remember what I told you, to the couple's six-year-old son. He then added marriages between a man and a woman. They stole you and they're pedophiles. Pierce and Broverman stood up to the man and told him to get away from their family, but the man continued on this gay rant, capitalizing on the fact that their six-year-old son is black and their five-year-old foster daughter is Asian. We share this story because this is literally what our community is being put through. And when you say that gays should not be able to adopt, literally it is heterosexual people that give them up for adoption. We're just trying to raise them. Guess what? Newsflash. Same-sex couples aren't the ones that are having babies and putting them up for adoption. It's you. Morons. All right, let's get into weather. 73 in LA, 88 in Vegas, 93 in Palm Springs, 76 in Houston, 64 in Atlanta, 44 in Cleveland, a high of 93 in Cathedral City, and 77 in Dallas. Now give us a vibe of the day. Success is a journey, not a destination. The doing is often more important than the outcome. And the outcome of our second annual Divas in the Desert presented by Channel Q is going to be a fun time had by all. When, you might ask, 
Thursday night, May 19th from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Who, you might ask? Well, the Tell It To My Heart diva herself, Taylor Dane, and Michaela Gordon. Will they have friends? They sure will. Rosemary Galore and a whole troop of fantastic drag queens are going to be performing throughout the night. Does it cost money, you might be wondering? It sure does. $25. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Just look up Divas in the Desert. But where's this money going to go, you might be asking yourself? Well, to a good cause. Ask away. The Desert AIDS Project and the Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. It's going to be an awesome night of celebrating queerness, uh, all for a good cause. If you're in Palm Springs or Indian Wells, La Quinta, pop on over to the Morongo. It's a quick little drive. Maybe you're heading into town for the weekend. Yeah. Maybe you're going to stay in Palm Springs. Listen, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be so fun. It's so personal. The last time I was on American Idol competing, I sang my Taylor Dane song. I got kicked off. And now we're meeting again. 16 years later. I hope she kicks you off the stage again. I'm going to kick her off the stage. That's a, that's good. <laughs> the Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Another round of Governor Ron DeSantis' human trash. <sighs> Florida, at yeah. it again. Listen, this political theater, theater that's happening... Uh, in Ron DeSantis's Florida, it's all geared towards him trying to run for president in 2024. Let's yes. be clear about what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and not all Republicans are like this, but he is, and the Republicans in his state are. So we're going to drag them because it matters. Yeah. Uh, currently, uh, Florida has banned 54 math textbooks because they quote indoctrinate children, and state authorities have rejected 71 percent of textbooks for elementary schools because they teach kids prohibited topics. This is all coming from the Department of Education, right? And they think that the curriculum uh, contains things like critical race theory. And this is one of those sort of conspiracy theory sort of conversations being had out there that one, first, critical race theory is bad, which it is not, but that it's bad. And that it's being taught in math books? What? Just insane. This it's is just insane bonkers. I feel like at this point, like I was never somebody that would be like, I'll just homeschool school my children. Right, because they're like weirdos. Yeah, they're, they're, they're weirdos. Like the weirdos. They were weirdos. They had <laughs> because they they were weirdos because they didn't know how to socially interact with kids their age because they only knew how to talk to their mom. However, with all of this going on, I'm like, I'll just homeschool our kids and make sure that they belong to different activity groups to ensure that they can socialize with people. And they're diverse and they're open. Yeah, because I think that you're safer to homeschool your children now than letting them go to school and not be allowed to talk about things, not be allowed to say things. It's so funny, and I want to hear your point of view about this. I made an Instagram story where I said, if we're not going to be able to talk about sex, gender, anything from K through three, based off the conversation we had last week, I said, what about Valentine's Day? Do we just cancel that out completely? I was hit back by moms on my Instagram story, and I opened it up. I said, please, like, enlighten me. I want to know. They said, well, Valentine's Day is not meant for romance. It's meant for love and kindness, and I'm not going to send my child to school with a crush and I'm not saying that they should have one. It's just how we share it in our home is that. But they give out candies that say kiss me on them. But that's meant to be as a friend. Oh, got it. And this, yeah. So this is what I was fat mm-hmm. back with. And I was like, okay. Be mine. 
Yeah. Doesn't show ownership. Yeah, like I actually wish that you would have said that because those are really good comebacks. Yeah, I mean, because it's absurd. I just listening to them, and you know, I always get hit with, "Well, you're not a mom; you don't know yet." So, although I think that's absolutely ridiculous, yeah. uh, I'll hear that. But it's really because- why we have kids. For me, even. I think a lot of kids growing up were very sexually frustrated and did things um, that were not healthy because nobody ever talked to them they about repressed. sex properly. They were, yes. And everything was dirty and bad. Yes. So then you're, as you become a teenager, you're curious about things. It's like everybody knows that family that's super religious, that doesn't let their kids have any sort of snacks or do anything fun or like listen to non secular music or secular music, I guess. Um, that they, that they only listen to Christian Christian music, and then they get older and they're wild. My fiance went to college, went to a Methodist college. He said the preacher's kids, and my fiance was a preacher's kid. He's kind of a freak. I'm just kidding, but kind of not. Yeah. But all of his friends that were preacher's kids, the things they were doing in college, ooh, Lord. Yeah, I'm like, listen, wait, what? I went to Catholic high school for a hot minute. The amount of drugs they had yes. and the amount of sex they were having, yes, it was crazy. Because there's no conversations. The reason I think that I've never done drugs in my life. And that I was not promiscuous and that I have not, like, uh, gone and made, like, unhealthy choices for myself is because my mom always let me talk to her about stuff. And see, I had the complete opposite. I didn't lose my virginity till I was almost 20. Not because I was... your mom's a lesbian. Yes, but not because I was, like, so holier than thou. I thought I was going to get pregnant and I was terrified um, because I didn't want to be a teen mom. Like, there was no healthy conversations about intimacy, about pleasure, about enjoying yourself. And Brene Brown has a really amazing conversation uh, with parents in regards to how do you bring that conversation up. Parents are now starting to bring up as early is three years old like those are that's your area that you don't expose in public Mm -hmm. if you touch it sometimes it feels good that's normal like they're not they're just normalizing it i think it's important also hot for you yeah hot for you like be mine kiss me that feels like sexual assault i'm going back on instagram i gotta fight interesting because the conservative argument right now though and it's been happening for the last couple of years that critical race theory is in all these textbooks that's what they're trying to say and they don't believe critical race theory should ever be taught to kids right critical race theory theory challenges the way that slavery was handled in our nation it talks about holocaust talks about any number of things they don't want these poor white kids to have to feel guilt yeah good morning b channel q All right, so while the rest of the world calms down, still uh, hot and bothered over Harry Styles bringing out Shania Twain to perform at Coachella this weekend. It was a big, big moment. Another uh, bit of history was made as Pablo Vitar uh, became the first drag queen to play Coachella. Happened Saturday night. The Brazilian pop star performed a powerful set to a packed crowd during which many fans celebrated the big moment. Uh, by tweeting out the hashtag Vitarcella. That's how we say Vitarcella. Love it. It's beautiful. Um, but we have some audio for you. Pablo Vitar is now a drag queen Brazilian. The first drag queen ever to perform in Coachella. We made history tonight. I'll be checking out Okay. Iconic. She performed with Rina Sawayama yes. and Charlie XCX in that whole vein. Yep. And it was iconic. She, uh, Her and Rina Sawayama have a new song out, and it's so good. I love, love, love. She did a remix of uh, Chromatica music from Lady Gaga. She was supposed to perform in 2020, actually, and make history two years sooner than she actually did, but COVID ruined everything. Yeah. So pretty cool. Love it.
Love to see it. Love to see it. Okay, this video is, I feel two ways about this video. Uh, viral videos come and go. The best ones warm your heart and leaves you smiling and feeling like your faith in humanity is restored. That's what many people felt as they watched the video of a weightlifter for Bruce High School in Mississippi whose teammates and competitors helped remove her hair beads so she could qualify to lift. The powerlifting competition was a state championship, and after the lifter finished her first lift squat, a judge informed her coach uh, that she could not compete in the next lift with beads in her hair. Now, obviously, she's a black girl. She's got braids in her hair. She put beads at the end of it, which we see all of the time. Um, But the actions of the girls watching this unfold was heartwarming. These fellow weightlifters didn't hesitate to jump in and help the soon-to-be-disqualified student when they saw her begin to take her beads out of her hair. Eventually, there were so many hands in her head that she had to stop Uh, getting help and in the end all the beads were out before she took the platform for her next lift Uh, they said that there's a rule about jewelry in your hair however it was disputed that beads are not jewelry beads uh, actually serve a functional purpose outside of some beauty aesthetic Uh, it helps hold the hair texture uh, for black women so it does look cute but there's also a purpose for it and I'll say like that's sweet that everyone had her hands in her hair also like I wouldn't want a bunch of people's hands in my hair like, I wouldn't want to be disqualified because I had beads in my hair. And uh, it's just another reason why it's we are worrying about the, the wrong things. Well, it's another reason that the Crown Act is so important. And the Crown Act uh, it kind of gets rid of this sort of discrimination and these laws that discriminate based on hair. Venus and Serena. Think of Venus and Serena's hair when they first came onto the tour back in 1997 or 98. And they had the beads in their hair at the end of their braids. This is exactly what this hair looks like. So yeah. just to give you a visual um, for any tennis fans out there who know what I'm talking about. And um, it does. It actually it actually holds the hair down. So when athletes are performing, there's some actually weight at the end of it. It holds the hair down. And what on earth sort of advantage could you get from having beads in your hair from lifting Hello. weights? Like that, it's just absurd. I think the idea is they think I think a lot of these laws are not made necessarily always as racist. They're made thinking of white girls only, which is also racist in a different way. And they don't want you to have like big things in your hair and clips and and medals and things like that, which I get for safety reasons. You don't want to compete with like things in your hair. Of I understand that. But on the flip side, you're not also thinking: Are there instances where it's actually necessary and not harmful, or it doesn't help them in any way, shape, or form? And this is one of those instances again. People making these laws and decisions need to be diverse. Absolutely, that's the reason. All right, well, uh, that ends our Tell Me Something Good with a point. And uh, we have a great show for you tomorrow. Uh, As always, thank you to our guests. Uh, For now, listen to three hours of music curated just for you. And then stick around for Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.